Hi, you're listening to the Wealthy Mujer Podcast with Marisol Isabel, a podcast created for the powerful, brave, and beautiful chingona that you are. This space is for the woman that understands that wealth is so much more than money and status. It's about living the life you undeniably deserve. Let's give ourselves permission to redefine wealth and invite everyone to the table because juntas podemos más. So pour that glass of wine, put on those headphones, or strap that seatbelt, and let's grow together. Affirmation of the week. Blood is pumping through my entire body. There is oxygen in my lungs. My heart is beating and my brain is constantly giving my body signals to keep me alive. I take a deep breath and I feel my entire body working for me. I thank it because it's working really hard. I do not take my life for granted and I live in immense gratitude for waking up every single morning and getting yet another chance to live the life I know I am worthy of and I deserve. I vow to consciously make decisions that serve me mind, body, and spirit. I'm on a mission to fuel my body with the nutrients and movement it needs to keep me strong, healthy, and allow me to continuously live the quote-unquote best years of my life. Today and every day, I commit to take control and make the most aligned decisions that will give me the best chance to keep me on this earth for many more years to come. Hi, my beautiful and fabulous, wealthy mujeres. Happy whatever day you're listening to this episode. I hope that you're having a magnificent day, taking chances, believing in your power, and wearing that crown of yours. Welcome to the Wealthy Mujer Podcast. I'm your host, Marisol Isaula, your Latina life coach, helping women reclaim their power, break all the ceilings to gain wealth and live abundantly. This is going to be a trip of an episode. And if you're into seeing life as your soul having a human experience, then maybe you'll believe what I'm about to say. My dad visited my sister recently and what he told her shook my sister to her core. After my sister told me what he said, I realized he actually visited me too, but I didn't hear him. Let me go ahead and explain instead of keeping you on your toes, because if you know me and have followed me for a while, you know my dad isn't living a human experience anymore. So the question you're probably asking yourself is, Marisol, what the fuck do you mean your dad visited your sister? For those that are new to following me, my dad passed away July 27th. 2014. Let me first start by telling you who my father was. My father was truly a devoted father. He was born in 1935 to a decently wealthy family that had a good business in agriculture in Sonora, Mexico. He had an arranged marriage when he was young to merge two big wealthy families together and accumulate lots and lots of land. My father was a visionary with his businesses in Mexico and also later in life when he created a business from the ground up here in Arizona. Obviously, he divorced and then later in life met my mom and due to their crazy love story, they decided to temporarily live in Arizona because my mom had cousins working in the fields in Goodyear. 
that temporary became a full-blown residence and they have been here since the early 80s. My dad was 18 years older than my mom, so he had me when he was 51. Crazy, right? He worked in the fields, created impactful connections with other business owners. Mind you, he only spoke Spanish and they only spoke English. He built, again, a thriving business in produce. Side note, if you're a true native to Arizona, you may have purchased or you may have enjoyed his produce as he was the vendor for all of the Southwest supermarkets. But life shifted and we eventually went bankrupt. My parents divorced. So my life experience was at one point having it all as a young child to at another point having a dad that was practically homeless when my parents separated. Having a mom that had to start cleaning houses with her oxygen tank on 24 hours and a sister that had to grow up too soon. It's part of my story that's really fuzzy because my brain has done a really good job at blocking those moments and those memories. My dad, every single day of his life, worked from sunrise to sundown, Monday through Sunday. The man never quit. He never took time off. I don't even know when he really rested because he would be up in the morning, like at two, three in the morning. I remember in college, I'd get off the exit to get home after the club. I'd pass a gas station and see my dad at 3 a.m. pumping gas. And of course, I would stop to give him a kiss and a hug. And he would always give me a 20 to make sure I had cash. I never in a million years imagined my dad would die before my mom. And the reason why I could never imagine my dad dying first was because my mom in 2002 was diagnosed with a terminal illness. Doctors told my sister, a young and very scared 20-year-old, that her mother had about six months to a year to live, which then my sister had to translate to her mother that she was going to die. So in 2002, at 15 years old, I put on my emotional, physical, mental caregiver duties uh, for my mother, never thinking I'd have to do the same with my dad. He was so strong and worked so hard that I never saw him as an old man getting weaker and weaker until 2012 when he needed a preventative procedure because his skin cancer got really bad. It was pretty serious. Well, that procedure changed not only his life, but ours, it actually triggered what we didn't know he had, dementia. From 2012 to 2014, it was all hands on deck. My mom, sister, and I had to make hard choices, and one of them was putting my dad in a senior assisted living. And about for the first three to four months, he kept getting denied for Medicare, so I racked up some super crazy credit card debt, paying thousands to keep my dad in assisted living until finally my sister had enough and she actually quit her job, applied for a state job, and from the inside was able to get my dad approved. I will forever be so grateful that my sister moved mountains to get him security in his living arrangements. As you may suspect, he was not happy with his new arrangement and kept asking us when he'd be able to go home, all while getting more and more confused and disoriented. My father, my king, my protector started becoming my little boy that was sweet, had tantrums, and needed to be loved 24-7. Call it like a la Benjamin Button, right? Because... He went from old to a little baby. 
I definitely made up for lost time with him uh, during those years of him, his last years. Being so focused on my mom dying, I didn't give him the priority and the time. And he, in his capacities, felt that working hard for us and helping us financially was the most important duty. I never saw him at a swim meet, at a softball game, at a folklorico recital, or at mass every Sunday. But you better believe he was always our knight in shining armor. We said we needed something, boom, he'd be there. We'd tell him something hurt. He'd kiss us and tell us how much he loves us. If it was 10 p.m. and he had to wake up at 3 in the morning, but we needed air in our tires, he'd be there. He oozed love and devotion unconditionally for his reinas, his queens. And that was including my mom, too. My dad forgot about the divorce (laughs) during his last years. Or now I wonder if he didn't and he tricked us so good and he tricked my mom into being there for him. (laughs) But my mother, my mother devoted those two years to him and in turn to us, her daughters. He had someone basically all day. We kind of took turns. He had my mom for breakfast. He had me or my sister for lunch and dinner. And sometimes it was all three of us there with him. The weekends, my sister and I would pick one day to be with him. Typically, I had Sundays and we went on adventures. We watched soccer. And I really feel that we watched every single John Wayne movie and Antonio Aguilar movie. (laughs) He was obsessed with Westerns. And to this day, I cannot watch any Westerns without having this beautiful emotional breakdown. Uh, It really is a core memory of mine that I just keep in my heart of us holding hands, watching Westerns, and falling asleep together watching them. He was so devoted to us that when he had his episodes of confusion, mostly sundown, he would say he needed to get up, go to work, and give his queens all his money. Many times we'd get calls in the middle of the night that he was very confused and very irate. And because we didn't want him to be kicked out, we made amazing friendships with the staff and they would always call us first before anything. Typically, I'd be there in 10 minutes. And although sometimes he wouldn't know exactly who I was, he did know that he could be safe with me. And many nights I cuddled my dad back to sleep. In the last new year, 2013 to 2014, I was at a party and something inside me told me to leave. So when I got to him, I literally just sat with him in darkness while he slept to ring the new year. He woke up, we celebrated together before he fell back asleep. Think deep down, I knew that that would be the last new year's he would ever have. So in 2014, things progressed rather quickly and his cancer came back. My dad hated, (laughs) hated needles, hated going to doctors, hated getting any MRIs, any CAT scan, anything. So his three queens decided not to do chemo. His dementia progressed very rapidly to the point to where he didn't remember how to chew and couldn't have solids anymore or liquids. We actually needed to mix a powder that thickens everything, even water. This man ate his meat while the cow was still mooing, basically raw, okay? He loved eating and enjoyed his meals. So it was pure torture for him not to be able to enjoy his meals or his drinks. Eventually, about two months before he passed, he stopped being able to fully communicate with us too. 
A week before he passed, he fell asleep and didn't wake back up. And so we knew that the time had come. He wasn't eating or drinking anymore. That was, I can firmly say, the worst week of my life. It was excruciating to see my dad asleep, knowing he wouldn't wake up. And then, then many times where his breathing would be irregular and we would be sobbing because we knew it was the end. And then bam, back to normal. It was torture for us. The day before he passed, a very sweet hospice nurse came and checked in on him. And this wasn't his regular nurse. She really didn't know his full chart. She checked him and with a very big smile looked at us and said, your father's heart is beating so strong. It's incredible. And I literally glared at her, looked at my sister and in a very angry voice said, dude, dad's heart is still fucking strong. Damn it. Oh my God. The nurse very quietly and quickly left and was probably so worried for my dad having two horrible daughters. She just didn't really know how tired we were and how we wanted his heart to not be so strong so he could finally pass and be free. We definitely laugh about it now. And if I ever see that nurse again in my life, if I even remember her, I definitely want to tell her that I'm sorry that I I was sad that my dad was going to die, but I was just in excruciating sorrow and pain. So my dad passed in his own selfless way. We took turns sleeping. And in one of these turns, my sister was holding his hand. I was holding her hand and my mom was sitting in front of us. We may have all fallen asleep for maybe 15 to 20 minutes. And that's when he left. Even on his last human decision, this man waited for us to be asleep for him to go. Exactly a week later to the hour of his death, I actually dreamt him in his room on his bed with a lot of bright light, wearing all white and smiling. I knew he was with us and also that he was safe. So fast forward to 2019 and I've gone through a lot of spiritual healing and I decided to meet a medium because I really wanted to connect with my dad. I'll give you details on that some other day, but I can firmly say that my dad wasted no time to come through and be his usual loving self. The one thing I'll say was that at the time, I had only told my husband that I wanted to start my own business and quit my job. My dad, through the medium, told me he heard the conversation and he told me he believed in me and that I should do it. From 2019 to recent, I've dreamt him, but nothing that caused any big commotion. And half the time, I honestly forget that I even dreamt him. But recently, he visited my sister, and it was entirely about me. My sister wrote her experience via text to her husband because it was in the middle of the night and she needed to share what had happened, but didn't want to wake up her husband. So what I'm about to read is the text my sister sent Daniel, her husband. My dad was here. I think he was here. I woke up to turn around and I smelled pee. So I checked Maddie's diaper and it was wet. So then I changed Maddie's diaper. I know I did because I just checked and there's a wet diaper on the floor. So I changed his diaper and he didn't wake up at all, which is why I thought I dreamt it since I can't move a muscle without getting him to want boob. But I see a pee diaper where I threw it in my quote unquote dream. And so I hear my dad's voice outside the window and I run and I open it and I can't see him. I'm looking and I can't hear him. But then Maddie is sitting up and saying, Dada, 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 over and over, pointing at me. And I still hear my dad and Maddie keep saying, Dada, Dada. And I'm calling out to him. I can't see you. I can't see you. 
He's saying over and over, mi amor, mi amor, llámale a tu hermanita, por favor. Which is, call your little sister, please. And I tell him, she's sleeping. And he said, no me oye, no me oye. Le toco la ventana, pero no me oye. No oye el perrito ladrar. She can't hear me. She can't hear me. She can't hear the little dog bark. And I beg him to come inside, to come meet Maddie, to come see me. And he just kept saying to call your sister, call your sister. And I'm getting mad because I'm right here. And he won't come see Maddie or me. He starts crying and saying, se va a morir mi reinita chiquita, se va a morir mi reinita chiquita. Tiene que ir al doctor, se va a morir. She's going to die, my little queen. She's going to die. She needs to go to the doctor. She's going to die. And I'm calling her and I'm calling her, but it never rings. And I'm crying and I'm yelling. And I'm yelling to him that the phone isn't working, but I don't hear him anymore. And I'm yelling, papi, papi, papi. And I think I'm yelling, but I guess I'm not because I hear Maddie softly say, abuelito, grandpa, plain as day. And I turn around and he's asleep and suddenly I'm nursing him in bed. And I'm crying and trying to say, papi, papi, but it won't come out. And I think I dreamt it, but how is the wet diaper really on the ground? I want to wake you up, but I know you won't go back to sleep. And I want to call my sister, but I don't want to freak her out. I want to call my mom or Frank, but it's insane. It sounds insane. I don't know if I was asleep or if it really happened. Why is he telling me she's going to die? What's going on? My chest hurts like an elephant is on it. And I feel like I want to cry so hard, like scream. And I can't get it out. I can't catch my breath because it's too hard because I just want to cry. So the next day she comes over and I'm actually asleep. I was having some anxiety and I wanted to turn off my thoughts for a while. So she didn't get a chance to tell me. And then throughout the day, she sends me a text saying she thinks dad came to visit her or that she dreamt about him, but she wasn't sure. I finished what I needed to do for the night and my husband and I go to my sister's house. And that's when she tells me everything. I'm a little shocked. Uh, She's really still upset and crying about it. And I kind of feel really numb. My dad has never cried to us when he visits us in our dreams. They've all really been beautiful dreams. So at first I was thinking maybe my sister's worried about me and her subconscious made her dream this. But also like, am I going to die? Did my dad persuade God to use him to give my sister a message to then give to me? So I talk to my sister, my brother-in-law and my husband. I tell them that I've been wanting to definitely get healthier and that I actually had a doctor's appointment for the first week of March that I was thinking of canceling, but I'm definitely not going to cancel it now. We give hugs and I leave. We're both, my husband and I are driving separate cars. So on the way home from her house, I literally feel that tingling sensation that goes from the top of your head to the bottom of your foot. And I lose my breath for a second because it hit me like a ton of bricks. I remember something that happened to me the same night she talked to my dad. So side note, in the late, 2022, we sold our house and we moved home to give us a safety net to be crazy entrepreneurs and to save money to buy a house on the east side. Okay. So the same night, my sister talked to my dad around midnight. My husband was asleep, but I was on TikTok. I kept hearing thuds outside and I heard the dogs bark for a little bit. I then got up and went to my mom's room and asked my mom if she locked her car because I heard noises outside and the dog barked. 
which my mom answered, I didn't hear anything, not even the dogs. So we just beep the cars, make sure it's locked. I go back to my room, get in bed, and I hear something outside the window. So then I text my mom, mom, are you in the closet hanging clothes? I don't know if it's you or someone outside. She then calls me on my phone laughing, saying, what the hell am I going to be doing in my closet right now, Marisol? I'm in bed. Go to sleep. So I do. And then around 2 or 3 a.m., my dad visits my sister. So did he visit me first, but I didn't hear him like my sister did? Or again, is this just a coincidence? So I'm telling you this, the entire story, because this is absolutely something my dad would do for us. He would definitely try to make sure we're always safe. So it's not out of character for him. So tying all of this together, I want to say that I am an absolute gem of a coach. I show up for my clients. I continuously learn and make sure that I can be the best coach for my clients and anyone that follows me, listens to me and sees my content. And I can also be 1000% honest with myself and with you and tell you that I need to make drastic changes in my health if I want to stay on this earth for many more years to come, or at least give me a fighting chance. I made health, and I mean health, mind, body, and spirit, the third pillar of the wealthy mujer lifestyle, because I know deeply the importance of being healthy and fit, focused, irresistible, and thriving. I know health is wealth, and I know that it's not a fad diet or six hours at the gym. It's much deeper than that. It's grit, consistency, determination, and love for yourself. I had a friend recently that's a licensed therapist in Seattle and is pivoting to coaching. And he asked me, who does Marisol need to be to show up for herself as deeply and as passionately as she shows up for her clients? Well, fuck, right? (laughs) Um, That was a deep ass question. And now I actually ask my clients the same thing. So my answer to his question is Marisol needs to be who she is today. Marisol needs to fully and madly love all of her. Marisol needs to see she is her most important client. Marisol is a daughter, a stepmother, an aunt, a wife, a best friend, a sister, and so much more. But most importantly, Marisol deserves to have someone show up for her and believe she's capable of being extremely healthy and thriving. And that person that shows up for her is herself. So babes, let me tell you my current truths. I currently weigh 327 pounds now, today. I'll be the first to wear a two-piece at the beach, the first to take off my shirt when I'm sweating during a workout, and I just wear shorts and a sports bra, and I can truly dress to my size and feel beautiful. And for me, the weight I'm currently at is just not sustainable for my vision in life. My legs hurt, my knees crack, and my poor ankles are working hard to keep me up. My back hurts and tying my shoelaces really sucks. Another truth is I am pre-diabetic. I'm inches away from diabetes. Another truth is I have high blood pressure. My dad's parents both died of strokes. Another truth that I do not like to admit and I am okay doing it right now is I use food as an emotional support versus a fuel. And yes, another truth is I do cry sometimes when yet again something doesn't fit or when I don't feel attractive and sexy. It's so mental too. I actually meditate with the purest version of myself, the one that is healthy and mentally and emotionally and physically fit 
I give her a voice and I ask her questions. She tells me the time is now. I need to make drastic changes and reiterates that I'm so much stronger than I think I am. It definitely isn't the first time I think I'm dying and I'm losing years, especially after I visit my doctor's office and he tells me everything I already know. I think this is what I needed. I needed my papi, my knight in shining armor to rescue me and use my sister as a vessel of communication. The time is now. I have focused so much on elevating my emotional and mental health then now it's time to also prioritize my physical self. I've said it before, but I've never had my dad cry to my sister that his little queen is going to die. And you can believe whatever you want to believe about my dad visiting my sister. I know some of you won't believe it, and that's totally okay. We all have permission to believe what we want, and I honor you for living your truth. And others are going to get goosebumps and say, oh my gosh, I validate that experience for you. And what a beautiful way for your dad to show up for you still, even on the other side. I want to believe he and my sister teamed up to save my life. And I already started with some drastic changes and I plan to be very vocal in this journey because I don't think my dad is just trying to save my life. I think he wants me to be also a vessel of communication and cheer you on to save your life too. If you're in a similar place that I am with your health, let me tell you what I would tell my client, thus tell myself. I would tell my client and I would tell myself that today you are the best self you'll ever be. Tomorrow stays in the future. When we get to tomorrow, it's already today. From this place of awareness, you have the power to make different choices, believe in different thoughts that serve you and serve the purest, most aligned you that already exists inside of you. I would tell myself and I would tell my clients when you want to eat something, ask yourself what type of emotion you're experiencing and then ask that emotion, what do you actually need for me to support you? It may tell you it just needs to be heard and it needs to be loved. I'd work with my client on the why tool. Ask why multiple times until we get to the really deep rooted belief. We then work on that belief versus the first thought your brain gave you. I would show grace and understanding that they're trying something new and it will be uncomfortable and that they may not like it. But we will remember that we are now choosing to commit to things that serve our highest good and we can do hard things. I would then do a meditation with your 85-year-old self to get her advice and her wisdom. I want to live, friends. I want to give myself a fighting chance to live a long, amazing life. I promise to bring you on this journey with me. And I can tell you, if you want to join me, I'm in for the accountability and the support. Here we grow, amigas. Here we fucking grow. I am sending you the biggest hug and all my love. I'll talk to you next time. Interested in working with Marisol Isaula? Click the link below to schedule a complimentary coaching call to help you find clarity on your next steps to regain your power, build a roadmap to success, and live a wealthy and abundant life. The Wealthy Mujer group coaching program is now open for enrollment. Schedule a call today.